program is about bringing up controversial subjects and a series of quests for strange horrors. It feels good. Guidance is internal. We live on a placid island of ignorance in the midst of black seas of infinity. Do not think there are things in this universe which you cannot understand and which are true. It's been more than two weeks and the war between Russia and Ukraine is already getting old. Outlets are already scaling back ooh-rah headlines about Ukrainian military successes and are pivoting to the discrepancy of EU and NATO responses to pretty much every other war between the West and non-Westerners. Is this war fatigue? Algorithm optimization? Something else? Uh, it's probably a combination of all that and none of the above because we live in hell. Regardless, it's something we'll be talking about. That and we'll be investigating claims of divine intervention on the battlefield and blood weeping from statues in Colorado in our latest What in the Weird segment. So it goes, welcome to Far Off Topic. I'm your host, Fiasco Jones. I'm joined by Tiwi via her neuralinked consciousness leaking out from the fifth dimension, and because he's amassed a collection of everyone else's second chances, I'm also joined by Steven Jackson, aka Jax, aka Mr. Glasses. Uh, how are you guys doing? Pretty good, pretty good. That doesn't sound very good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I was letting her. Go. I was gonna let her go first. Uh, good. <laughs> good. Uh, I, everything's great here. Um, for the first time, Jax, that sounds very convincing. Yeah. Uh, and it's probably the first time you've ever said it's actually great. Usually it's always like, wah, wah, wah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. It's terrible because life is awful. So then let's jump into our pop question. The question is, which friend star had to sell her home because she claimed it was haunted? Oh. Uh, mm. You know what? We're starting with Jax this time. What's the dumb one? Uh, wait a minute. Sorry. That's all of them. Um, what's the one that's dumb on the show? What's her name? Joey or Phoebe? The girl, the, the, the Phoebe. I'm going to say Phoebe. All right. Uh, TV, what's your guess? I'm going to say Courtney Cox. Hmm. Oh, Monica? Monica. Monica Geller. Well, TV gets a ring the bell. <laughs> <laughs> You are correct. Awesome. It's the universal sound for bell ringing. <laughs> That's awesome. Are you a believer in ghosts? Have you had a ghost experience? I have had one. I didn't believe at first, but I lived in this house in Laurel Canyon, which is in L.A., obviously. Anyway, so Carol King came over to my house, and she said that there had been a divorce, and that was really ugly, and there was a ghost in the house. And I was like, yeah, whatever. And, but other people who had stayed there with me, like, you know, friends of mine said they felt an encounter with a woman was sitting on the edge of the bed. And I was like, yeah, whatever. And Carol King, we did a seance. And I was you just did? so in awe of her. I, but then I was, I was at the house one day, not being a believer. And the doorbell rang. It was a UPS guy or something. And I opened the door and he said, do you know this house is haunted? And I go, yeah, why? Why do you think that? He goes... Because there's someone standing behind you. <laughs> and I was like, let's sell. What a terrible, <laughs> terrible UPS guy. Yeah, what a dick. I mean, that is <laughs> I'm gonna do that. so scary. Why would you say that to somebody? I couldn't sleep there alone ever again. And I recently had Did another. Did you really sell the house because of that? Probably. Yeah, really? <laughs> yeah. That was it? That was the end of the house? Well, you just don't think of it the same way. You start seeing things and Did now... the UPS guy buy the house? <laughs> uh, 
my first co- thought about that is that uh, Courtney Cox doesn't know how ghosts are made because like what ghost was made made from a, a divorce? I don't get that. Like was that was a house having like a moment? Like did the go the house make the, <laughs> the the ghost because it's like oh this family was lost used to be here and was really happy now they got a divorce so now I'm sad so I'm gonna make a ghost. I I don't get how the divorce created the ghost. It's divorce ghost. Yeah, it's a divorce yeah. ghost. Come on. Yeah. The other thing that I don't quite understand is like, okay, so you're a UPS driver. You come up to a house, ding dong, someone opens the door (laughs) and you're signing for the package and he looks over your shoulder and sees somebody and his first thought is, that's a ghost. Like, uh, he didn't say that it was like spectral. He just said there's somebody behind you as though like it's a person or a kid. He just, you know. I mean, maybe she skipped the part where she turned around and it was gone. I don't know, but I feel like still like ghosts don't look but, like solid people, though. Yeah, but, but most don't, I guess. Right, you, you would know, know it's a ghost. Neither does like, David could... Arquette. So I mean, how oh. is it not David Arquette that she saw? <laughs> Aren't they divorced? Ooh, uh, yeah, I'm sure that they are. Ooh, oh, he's another ghost. <laughs> you just solved the mystery, much like you solved the Bigfoot screams back in like episode. <laughs> 42. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they were really right. just uh, cougars in heat. <laughs> Look at you, Tiwi. You're just, uh, you're like a truth person, truth debunker. I don't know. I'm losing my mind. My house is haunted. You guys were in the haunted room. That's right. When we came up for, I think, set, well, Thanksgiving. that was uh, Thanksgiving several years ago. And then recently. The last time that we didn't have any scary stuff. Yeah. Except remember Mean Green said that someone like said wake up or touched her face or something. Remember? Oh, that's right. Oh, and uh, I do remember that incident where Charlie Goodshoes um, Scream. decided to play his prank. And we were like you were brushing their teeth in the bathroom or you were brushing your teeth yeah. in the bathroom or something is happening. And all of a sudden there was this bang on the wall. <laughs> cool. No, I think it started like this. I went to check Charlie Goodshoes to see if he was sleeping. We were all getting ready for bed. He was he was the, in the bed, eyes closed, like looking very cherubic, sleeping on this pillow. I'm like, oh, okay, okay. And oh. I went to go brush my teeth or something. And all of a sudden, as I'm brushing my teeth, gung, 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 there's like this like, <laughs> rumbling on the wall. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> I run back to the to the room where Charlie's at. He's he's there sleeping. I'm like, oh my gosh. And I came over and told everybody, I'm like, did you guys hear all oh, shit? Because uh, of course that, that was Tiwi gave us the, the haunted room. So he's like, okay, thank you again. Uh, but the haunted room was like, you know, doing a thing. I get everyone, I rally everyone together, bring them back to the room. And there's Charlie standing on the bed going, I prank you. <laughs> and I was like, oh, wow. Look at that. Aww. He's only seven. <laughs> it's like, it's like uh, so yeah, he, uh, he got me good on that one. That was probably his best prank yet. But, yeah, That's it was. Fantastic. It was heartless and fun. Well, let's move on to our usual tangents. I did something different here. Uh, so as I alluded to in the open, uh, let's talk some some of this war stuff. The Russia-Ukraine war started on February 24th of this year. How long do you think uh, everyone's going to get bored of it right now? Because, I, I mean, I'll admit, the reason why it's even in here is because I feel like nothing's really happening. Like the Russians still are at the same place they were a week ago. They're not doing anything. Is anyone else feeling war fatigue or boredom? No, I'm not. I mean, I think that uh, like I, I, I'm interested in what's happening just because I think that 
you know, there are war crimes that are going on, but I definitely see in the public, um, there, I can see how there can be, that could be the, the question or I can see how that's perceived that there are, that there is war fatigue going on because I, we have the attention span of like little mice. <laughs> and that's exactly it. Like I, I kind of thought like, if this doesn't like, I don't know, something doesn't happen soon. Uh, people are just going to tune away. What do you want <laughs> to happen, though? I don't know. Something's got to happen. Something. Well, don't something. say that. Now you're just like you're tempting fate. <laughs> what are you? Like, ooh, he's going to. Well, here's us. the thing. One one big one is the the column of uh, Russia, the, the the supply chain that that 45 mile long Russian oh, yeah. truck convoy. I've been hearing about that since pretty much Jump Street. And I think someone needs to do something with that. It either got to move a little bit, it got to get blowed up. I don't know, but something has to happen there. You know, there's all these things, these all these like these story hooks that are just not doing anything. Yeah, I'm sorry, it's <laughs> not as entertaining for you. <laughs> hey, war's supposed to be entertaining. That's why well, you know. That's I just why they invented a fun it. fact that Washington State has the third largest nuclear arsenal in the world. Oh, in the world. Good. Yeah, in the world. So all the silos are in Washington? Apparently. I thought they were all in like Kansas and shit like that. Well, yeah, I no, mean there I are thought... a bunch of there are a bunch of silos like in in middle America, but I'm assuming it's because we have like three or four navy bases here. Just as I think about it. Oh. Like we have we have um what is it? Whidbey Island and then uh, Bremerton? Oh yeah, Bremerton. So does that really count then, though? Because you're talking about like mobile nukes. These are on ships, I'm guessing, and they or or submarines, and they like they come and go. So I think you guys are taking too much credit for that because those I mean, those aren't all there all the time. Maybe they're like stationed there, but those guys are floating around the world. Yeah, of course. Mm. I'm sure you have your fair share of nuclear weapons in your neck of the woods. I'd be jealous of our nuclear arsenal. I'm not jealous. No, we don't need nukes. I think you sound a little jealous of our nuclear. We arsenal. we do have all the nuclear trash here in Nevada. You're welcome. So look at that. We have all the <laughs> nuclear trash. <laughs> it's the best state. Tagging along to the uh, I don't know war fatigue is war denialism, and I think this is there's a there's a, a pretty huge market now for war, war denialism. It's kind of in the vein of like flat earth or, uh, you know, the, the things that defy reality. Um, I'm going to read you off a few headlines that I think really, it just shows how much Putin is throwing everything from the pitch meetings he's getting. Just he's like, let's put it out there, make it public, make it public. Because um, some of these are pretty crazy. For instance, uh, now Russia accuses U.S. of experimenting with bat coronavirus samples and carrying out research on anthrax in Ukraine. Um, wow, that's a lot. That's yeah. So yeah. So now now we're we're doing evil experiments with bat coronavirus in Ukraine, but also researching anthrax. <laughs> that's gotta be true. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Well, I know that this, this is because that actually after he started saying all that stuff. Um, the kind of response pieces had to come out. You know, the, mm -hmm. well, yeah, Ukraine did have a, a biological weapons uh, facility there, but they actually had a uh, UN program that demilitarized or like basically broke these things down. Uh, a guy quoted in the Bulletin of Atomic Scientists basically said that, uh, yeah, they have those facilities. We've been busting them down for years, but, you know, they might have like samples of, I don't know, 
well, he said something like rabies or something like that. Obviously, if the Russians get a hold of that, it could be bad because they could then stage something. He says they don't really, they're not weaponizing anything there. They're not like weaponizing any biological weapons. But it just shows that all you need is a little bit of the truth to really create a good, yeah. uh, you know, fake news. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the that's the playbook. Like you just you take a half truth and then you just run with it. Like that's what like watch Fox News for about 15 minutes. It seems like the whole the whole reason it's so effective is because we always defend or try to explain. I feel like. We need to stop that. <laughs> just completely <laughs> ghost it and just like ignore it. Like with a child who's acting out, if you keep giving it attention, like it's just going to keep perpetuating it. You need to just like act like you didn't even hear it and just move past it and just change the narrative. No, I don't think that works, though. I, I also don't think telling the truth works either, though, because... Then they're like, you're over explaining. And I don't know. I feel like some people need an explanation. Like when these things come out, I'm like it does make me wonder, like, what the hell? <laughs> like, what, what are they even talking? Like going back to the last episode, the denazification thing. Like uh, I had heard of the Azov Battalion back during the Crimean War. And I heard how uh, U.S. white supremacists were going there and learning from these guys. Um, but then I really just kind of like just toned, tuned out of it and didn't really follow it. Didn't follow the story about how they were then kind of brought into the ukrainian armed forces um and as as yeah as as kind of scummy as that story is then you, you for putin to like then turn that into like denazification I, that's i was like what <laughs> like because then he's like taking that and saying oh yeah everyone all the leaders in in ukraine are nazis and that's what like took me for the loop of like well, wait, what? Like, when did that have people been talking about that Ukraine's just filled with Nazis? Is that a thing? And that's why I was like, you know, surprised. But so you do need like explainers. And yeah, the explainers are pretty muddy because it's like, yeah, there are Nazis working in the military for right. Ukraine. But, you know, but, you know, the 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 part that Putin's adding to it is the the flat earth version. He's adding a little <laughs> bit of a little little sugar to it you know uh, so another headline russian church leader puts blame of invasion on those who flout god's law i mean that's that's mm-hmm. a, i mean that's a pretty old and good one that's a classic you know the, the reason why this is happening is because god or you you abandoned god and now you're getting his wrath except like it's the russian so it's not like god is invading the russians are the vehicle of god's wrath mm, got it okay so uh, another one, Russian agent Maria Butina claims Ukrainians are bombing themselves. Uh, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> uh, Maria Butina, if you didn't know. Oh, is she's a, the dumbest person ever. That's fantastic. Yeah, she was uh, the spy, essentially. She or she was, a, she, I guess, I don't know if you call her a spy, but yeah, she was she basically, was had, yeah, okay. Because she got close to a bunch of Republican senators and uh, tried to essentially bribe them and shit like that. Yeah, NRA and all that. Yeah. So, yeah, so she's out there saying that's that the hilarious. Ukrainians are bombing themselves. Mm. I mean, that's... <laughs> that sounds she like... kidnapped herself, dude. <laughs> uh, and it gets only out more outrageous from there. Ukraine building a nuclear bomb. There you go. <laughs> you know, it's like, well, okay, sure. Okay. So they're building a nuclear bomb. And lastly, of course, is kind of where we're at, is Kremlin says, world must know the truth about Ukrainians' alleged biowarfare program. And I talked about that just a little earlier. But yeah, they're just like, I feel like they're taking, like, it started with denazification and now it's just kind of like, it's mm-hmm. just one right after the other. Like, okay, we got, we got, we, they didn't believe the denazification thing. We need more. And now it's going to be chemical weapons. Now it's going to be, they're building a bomb. It kind of feels like Putin is sort of acknowledging this, like, 
war fatigue that you're talking about or sort of the lock the lack of interest in this as entertainment and he's trying to find a headline that fits that like will get people kind of excited about this so he's just going to keep throwing things and see which one sticks and i do question who his audience is too because oh, i mean we know who his audience is I mean, it's just it's the Russian people it can only be, or maybe the, the people in India, because I know Modi and his folks are really tight with Putin, maybe China. I, I, you know, I uh, I don't know. Like, like who's he selling this to? So I don't know. I, I don't know like why he has <laughs> But it does seem like he's trying to, like, he's, like, selling it. He's, like, pitching yeah. it. Like, no, man, turn the sanctions off, because these guys are building their nuclear bomb. It's like, dude, we, what? <laughs> it's like, no. Yeah, he he's trying very hard to. Well, I don't even know if he's really trying to sell it at this point. I think that it's just more nonsense of you know being an autocrat. So, so I mean, I do wonder if this is the last stage of like, okay, we're just gonna try to justify it. This is the last stage of justifying it before they just say, "Fuck it, yeah, you're Mom, right, we're invading, sure. fuckers, and we're gonna take it all." Yeah, what are you gonna do? Right, and technically, the U.S. is going. They're going to do. We're, this, this is it. I mean, we you've seen what yeah. they're going to do. It's, it's sanctions and arms shipments, and that's it. That's pretty much it. Switching gears slightly, a little bit, still on the war, but this is related to the idea that. Uh, so week one was everyone's like just praising the Ukrainians. Everyone, the whole world was backing them up, um, and feeling good about just trying to send them weapons, and we'll take their refugees, and that was all great and good. Uh, but then slowly started, people started realizing, uh, wait a second, though. Why is uh, what, the, this reaction does not seem to mesh well with any other conflict that's been happening uh, in this century so far in the last 20 years? Because um, you look at Yemen, you look at Syria, you look at the war in Chechnya, <laughs> um, even the, the, the whole all the people, the refugees displaced after the Arab Spring who were, you know, going into Europe, massive backlash. That's almost the exact reason why the uh, racist right in all those countries had a resurgence is because everyone said, keep those dirty immigrants out of our country. Um, And all of a sudden, the reverse of that is that now you see people in Poland racing to the subways to collect themselves a refugee. Um, I think a lot of people uh, saw the disparity in those reactions and thought, wait a second, what? Why? Why is this a little different? And I'm going to play a, a little bit of a clip here for to, to illustrate that point. This is not a developing third world nation. This is Europe. These are prosperous middle class people. These are not people trying to get away from areas in North Africa. They look like any European family that you would live next door to. What could be a difference here from other conflicts, you know, that could seem very far away, you know, in Africa or Middle East or whatever. I mean... These are Europeans that we're seeing uh, being killed. This isn't a place, with all due respect, um, you know, like Iraq or Afghanistan. You know, this is a relatively civilized, uh, relatively European, I have to choose those words carefully too, uh, city where you wouldn't expect that or hope that it's going to happen. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's a TV. What's your reaction to that? What's my reaction? I mean... (laughs) It's fucking racist. It's extremely, and like, it's not even subtle. It's just like overtly racist. They're just fucking saying it out there. Like, these people are white. They have white skin. We we care because, they're saying we care because they have white skin. Like, literally saying that. 
Like, this is different. Right. They'll say they're civilized, though. <laughs> that yeah, all those other they have people white skin. Livid, they're like, livid, uh, yeah, shacks. They're aligning or... <laughs> their skin color to civilization. It's disgusting. Jax, what, th- what, what, th- what are your thoughts? I have a lot of thoughts. Uh... I don't think it's easy for people like from the U.S. or even Europe to relate to the person from Syria, like what their day is like. They're saying the quiet part out loud, though. Like it's. Yeah, but the U.S. isn't like all white either. No, of course. But it's it's we're also not, um, you know, we're also not we haven't been engaged in some sort of civil war or some type of civil war for the last couple decades so it's it's disgusting it's disgusting i'm not trying to be be like an apologist for these folks who are saying this stuff but at the same time like it's i think that it's weird for i think it's sort of a shock to the conscience for people to see a western country getting invaded by a a superpower but at the same time like yes absolutely that's been happening for a little while so it, it shouldn't be a situation where we're like, oh, my God, there are going to be refugees. Let's help them. Yeah, right. So let's also help those Syrians. And and like Yemen is getting bombed like every five seconds. So right. let's talk about them. That's also that's probably worse. Like then. Mm-hmm. And we like send them. Gun, we send Saudi Arabia weapons. So, yeah, the, the bombs belong to us. Yeah, the bombs will say like made in Idaho. I <laughs> Because I don't. So, yeah, because I don't. the fucking worst. <laughs> um, and it, it is true that they, they're essentially having a moment of cognitive dis- dissonance where mm-hmm. they're literally shocked out of this kind of complacency, complacency that they've had reporting on other wars because they've gotten so used to the fact that wars happen someplace else and mm. those people yeah. don't look like me. The world of journalism is, is is very multi-ethnic. So there are definitely some, you know, people who come from those cultures. And you usually those will be the people who say like, hey, try, do you not recognize their humanity? <laughs> but the white people are like, eh, yeah, whatever. They deserved it. Um, or because that's usually that's the excuse is because in Yemen, the defense is, well, they deserve it because those are the Houthi rebels who are backed by Iran who are terrorists. So their lives don't count. And we just assume that they're, that's the only people who are being bombed. Um, in fact, they're just bombing, carbon bombing cities. Uh, all the right. terrible shit Russia's doing right now is happening it's in Yemen. Same. It yeah. happened in, in Syria. You know, it happened in Chechnya. I mean, Aleppo in Syria was a Russian operation and we didn't do shit. And like, yeah, there was the the, the nightly news being like Aleppo, you know, but at the same time, there was not... The public outcry the was just not there. Public outcry. Like, there was, were yeah, some people. It was much smaller. I mean, everybody knows what the Ukrainian flag looks like now. No one could flag. Christ, the name of their their president. <laughs> you know, like, like right. who, who, who knew who Zelensky was? I mean, he mm-hmm. was that character kind of off to the side of Trump during the impeachment scandal. Um, yeah. we but that's about it. Because, he, because uh, Trump tried to F with him. That's how we know him. Yeah. Other than that, though, like, yeah, no. But now they're, you know, they're they're there. They're up at front and center. I also think it's interesting too. Attached to this is how the media reports all the uh, war crimes that Russia is doing. The mm-hmm. use of thermobaric bombs. The use of cluster bombs. White phosphorus. 
I said, what about all the U.S. war crimes that we committed? Well, we've literally done all those things. That's Trump literally boasted that he used the mother of all bombs on a target in, I think, Iraq. Mm. Or maybe it was Syria. I can't even remember anymore. And yeah, all you have to do is type up cluster bomb U.S. And there's like a million articles about US, the U.S. using cluster bombs in Iraq. And it's kind of like the breathless... You know, oh my God, can you imagine Russia's doing that? It's like, uh-huh, because we do yes. that. Like, yeah. <laughs> that's 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 how you wage wars, is that you don't give a fuck. I don't know, it's, it's weird, but I know why they're doing it. I know why the journalists are doing it, and then why the U.S. is, like, you know, boosting that signal without any sense of uh, hypocrisy or irony. It's because it's a it's a, a info war. It's part of the information warfare of Russia's just pure evil, and Putin's probably pure evil, and the military the military apparatus that follows him is like any. I really can't say they're evil because they do what any military does. They follow orders from the the guy in, the, in charge, and some some of them yes, they surrender smartly or they refuse to fight. Um, that's the humanity coming out of it. But the rest of it's a machine, you know. And so yeah, right. you say fucking. Use cluster bombs, they use cluster bombs. Uh, yeah. Use thermobaric bombs, they use thermobaric bombs. Bomb a fucking maternity ward, they'll do it. I don't know, it's just, yeah. It's just like, people are getting that reminder that war is dehumanizing. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, you could say war crimes to your head's blue, and guess what? Doesn't Nothing happens to us, to our war criminals. <laughs> Nothing's no. gonna happen to the Russian war criminals. It's just, that's just that's fucking depressing. life. <laughs> it is depressing, but, you know, I feel like we've seen this this show before it does feel like our lives because we're all we're all middle-aged i think we can say that um that and if you haven't accepted that you're middle-aged also by the way um <laughs> that our lives have been literally filled with war like throughout our life just like oh, yeah different fucking wars constant constant wars yes and there is no like the... positive <laughs> Isn't there like a stat out there that like the U.S. has been involved in some type of like shooting war every decade since? Oh, it's like every year. It's a, except for like five years in its entire history. Something like it's something really in, in two hundred years it's of its an existence. Insane number. So yeah, it, it's just it, it, it's one of those fun little things to remind ourselves by about about how just fucked up the U.S. is and how we really just. Should just keep her mouth shut. <laughs> but I don't we know. Should, We're we not. should. We should. Yeah. But we also have this. We also have this need to uh, meddle, obviously. But um, I don't know. Sometimes I feel like it's sometimes I feel like our intervention is needed. But at the same time, uh, we, we send. We only we, intervene, we though, it when lot. it. We only intervene when it can benefit us in some monetary way. I feel like most of the things we do, there's some like back end thing where someone's making money off of it. Well, there's yeah, there's always going to be some of that. But I feel like in this case, like even like uh, in the war in Iraq, the uh, the second war, one of the conflicts I had was that, okay, it is a senseless war and we really don't need to be doing this. But at the same time, Saddam Hussein is an evil tyrant. Like he he's hurting his own people. And the Bath Party's doing the same thing. His like his, you know, his his stooges are are destroying these people. Don't we don't isn't there a moral 
uh, call to action to say, okay, we we should do something. I guess it's the idea of Clinton's humanitarian intervention concept when we should righteously, you know, take up arms. But of course, I think we've now seen, and we probably all intuited, is that uh, yeah, when you do that, you uh, create a whole bunch more problems. Yeah. So when we're we when we're in this, stay out of it. When I he when I see Zelensky screaming at all the rest of the world to create a new no fly zone and to get more involved in the war, I kind of want him to say, "Pump the brakes, Z," uh, <laughs> because. I understand how dire the situation is there, and it sucks. But, like, a no-fly zone, that's World War III, you know? Any kind of military intervention, like sending him planes, flying planes from the U.S., Polish planes from the U.S. air base in Rammstein, into Ukraine could be an act of war, you know? (laughs) Like, all these things which could help him could be World War III. And it's like, do we want that? I mean, I, I honestly think that just arming them at this point is really courting disaster because yeah. Putin's just looking for I, I I don't know. I don't even think he fucking cares. Honestly, I think he's going to do what he's going to do. It seems like he, there's no, there was no like trigger for this fucking invasion. There was nothing that, you know, prompted it necessarily, the timing of it. It was nice that he waited till the Olympics were over, but <laughs> like, <laughs> it's just, you know, actually he didn't. The Paralympics are still going. How fucking rude. But I know, yeah, able is piece of shit. But like, uh, you know, it, there's it. It doesn't matter. I don't think there's anything that's gonna like stop him or signal anything. Well, now it's war. I think it's always gonna. He's just gonna keep boosting it and accelerating. And I don't know. Just doesn't seem like he fucking cares. Didn't you send us yeah. send a? There's that. Isn't there like now a? Uh, I guess a round of speculation that this is all started because he's dying. He has like a terminal yeah. disease. It was <laughs> so I saw it on CNN that Marco Rubio apparently tweeted something about Putin having a disease, impeccable source, yeah. and that it was some, from some like classified meeting or something. And they were talking about that they had heard that on CNN that there is some something about Putin having a neuromuscular disease. I think they said Parkinson's, but I don't recall. Um, Cause that's actually not like going to kill you right away. But they said he had some sort of illness and that his time to lead was essentially ending. Like it was very limited and that he wanted to like make his mark before he lost the ability to lead the country. So. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> I think everyone's looking for reasons because they, they, I feel like a yeah. lot of people thought they knew him. <laughs> they thought he was a lot more uh, calculating or at least a better uh, strategist. Uh, and now they're saying like, whoa, this guy is off the handle. What could, what could be the, what could be the issue there? Uh, maybe it's a brain parasites. I think it's brain parasites. Well, also the, I just looked this up apparently. And I don't know if this is part of his logic here, but the average age that people die in Russia is 72 and Putin is 69. Oh, there we go. 
<laughs> like it's yeah. a switch. <laughs> yeah, it is a switch. It's like, like Logan's Run. They all get into a yeah. tube and get sent down. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> the, the 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 Terminator starts coming after him. He starts to have to run yeah. for his life. No one after the age of 72. It's a Russian law. <laughs> well, it makes sense now. Yes, you got to do what you got to do. Uh, <laughs> um, last thing uh, I'll leave on this. It's the uh, World War Three watch party. Um, so there's, there's some TikToks that were going on, I think last week that they, they seem pretty ominous. Pirates, pirates, this shit is an anomaly. I ain't never seen no motherfucking crab legs. So they randomly give y'all, give trainees, not even full soldiers yet. Crab legs, fried chicken, oxtail, just randomly. I got 10 years in myself, so I, I know a thing or two. One thing I can tell you. That we only saw those type of meals once a month for morale reasons. You know what that means, right? And that's when he holds up a little sign that says "War." Uh, and there was, a, there, I guess, this kind of went. There was a few iterations of this where they would show that first clip of the woman talking about crab legs, and then some veteran would get on saying, hey, "That's a morale meal. You're about to go. You're about to get killed. You're, get, you're about to get into a, a firefight." Well. I don't know. It just, uh, clearly, that was a, like a, the, those videos came out a week ago, and we're still, you know, we have deployed shit ton of uh, f- soldiers there. Uh, but I don't think Biden really wants again to be anything more than that. You know, it's just like okay, we're gonna keep them right here. So I have to wonder if this morale meal, if they don't aren't always given before war, but they're just given before deployment to like a you know a, a hostile area where things might be a little more stressful. Hmm. That seems more likely to me. I don't know. <laughs> but again, I, uh, hey, I've never been there. I don't know. I think that the odds know. of us engaging in a shooting war with Russia are very low. Like, we're, we're not going to go start shooting at each other. Just, I, I would be surprised if that happened. Yeah, I mean, well, well we're actually, it's fun that you brought that up because we're going to discuss that, the odds uh, at, at the end of our show. <laughs> Someone did the odds. Uh, and you'll be I surprised. Mean, like, you know, like historically, we've had kind of, I guess, an agreement, uh, maybe an off the books agreement that we don't, we let our proxies shoot at each other. We arm other people and let them shoot at each other, but we're not going to shoot at each other for the most part. Right. And my, uh, my only contribution to foreign policy is that my observation is most of the people, a lot of these autocrats are very wealthy people. And no matter if they clothe themselves as a cleric or as a righteous leader, military man, blah, blah, blah. They're all very wealthy people and they want to stay that way. They don't want to give it up. Putin doesn't really want anyone else coming after him. I don't think that was part of his calculation in the first place. I think that he wanted to invade a country for its wealth and to to get richer. And he thought everyone would just kind of like back down or just do some token gesture. And yeah, uh, he's got egg on his face now. But his goal wasn't to be like, I'm a madman and I just, you know, I'm conquering stuff for no reason because uh, he's rich and he wants to stay that way. And he wants all his buddies to stay that way to some degree. But yeah, and that, and so people try as best these leaders try as best even though like fucking like trump blew up soleimani in iraq and what did the iranians do they launched a few missiles at the u.s bases in iraq 
and they called it quits. <laughs> and because because they don't want a war, they don't want a full scale war. Uh, they're just like, all right, shit, you got our guy. Fuck. Oh well, that's that's the bricks, you know. You guys are dicks. <laughs> yeah, like fuck you, man. <laughs> and that's that. That's it. Because they don't want, yeah, like to, to, like you're saying, like they, there's a certain understanding that we we can send a few guys here and there. But we don't we don't punch no, no shots to the face, you know. Don't, you don't right. Don't hit don't hit the face, everybody. Right, exactly. And with that, let's get to our tease. Capitalism sometimes feels like it's not really in touch with humanity. I'm sorry. Capitalism never seems like it's in touch with humanity. And if you've also come to that conclusion, we have some great news to end on at the bottom of the show. First, we're diving into our favorite pool of strangeness as we discuss divine intervention in Ukraine. 1,000-year-old demon prisons suddenly cracking open in Japan, and the number game that proves World War III is on its way. We'll talk about all that and much, much more in our What in the Weird segment after the break. Jex Reed here with an unbelievable money-making opportunity. Do you like gold? Do you hate parenting? Then let's make a trade. You heard that right. With the click of a button, we here at Jex Reed, flesh trade and commodity exchange will convert your parental burden into solid gold opportunities. Simply sign an easy custodial waiver, pay the modest shipping and handling fee, and boom, you'll be gifted life-changing amounts of pure gold. It couldn't be easier. All children are accepted, and the gold will be shipped to you through our secure and discreet courier service in five short business days. So why live another day cleaning diapers or fighting over screen time for the millionth time? Convert those kids into carrots and start living your better life today. It's that time again where we talk weird news. Are Ukrainians receiving some heavenly help in the fight against their Russian invaders? Stories of divine intervention are being told, including a pillar of fire at night that miraculously attacked Russian tanks. How have you seen God intervene on behalf of the Ukrainian people? What do you know? What can you share? Well, I, I can share that one uh, uh, one brother share, shared uh, an audio from, uh, from a brother from the church. So he says that his son... Uh, he's a part of the military. They were in the dark night. They were they were holding their positions, and they've discovered that uh, that a lot of uh, Russian Federation tanks and uh, and machines coming at them, and they they might struggle defending themselves. And uh, he he picks up his phone and he calls his father. He says, "Dad, you have to pray right now." We're in a situation. So if his father, uh, he rings to other members of the church. They start praying. And then later, son gives a phone call and he says, there's some miracle happened. It looked like some spaceship. Like There was like an attack from the spaceship. There was some kind of a lightning was starting shooting from the sky. And, and like sparks were going 
were like spreading everywhere. And then they, on the morning, they've discovered that the whole the whole machinery was destroyed. So they like all of those soldiers. They they thought maybe this was done by some kind of a weapon that we didn't know about, or it was just God's intervention. So Tiwi, what's uh, mm. let's let's let you weigh in on here. Was that God's okay. intervention? Probably not. I'm gonna go with not Sky Daddy. I think it's something else. Jax? Um I don't know. I mean, who can say these things? I can. I can. Clearly it was a UFO. I mean, fucking God's asleep. You know, he's he's not shooting lightning anymore. He stopped doing that ages ago. These are fucking UFOs here. But also, if if it was God, why would God like take a position on the battlefield? I feel like couldn't God just like do other things? Like he's omnipotent. Like that's weak. Well, here's the thing: God has been taking a lot of stances historically. God has taken tons of stances in wars. Like, uh, oh, has he? Mm-hmm. Uh, absolutely. There was the uh, Angel of Mons in World War One, where soldiers. Uh, allied soldiers said that uh, well actually I'll, I'll, I'll read it to you right here <laughs> I want to get this right the angel of Mons is and I'm probably saying that wrong the angels of Mons is one of several stories of the reputed appearance of a variety of supernatural entities which protected the British army from defeat by the invading forces of the German Empire at the beginning of World War One during the Battle of Mons in Belgium on the 23rd of August 1914 those who could see said they saw a row of shining beings between the two armies. See? Yes. And also, uh, even more importantly to Catholics out there, the uh, there's, the, of course, the legend that Constantine converted uh, after, the, after he saw an angel holding a shield with the Cairo symbol. And after that, he was able to win his war. And that's why Christians today are in power because these are weak though how's that weak because why okay if you're this is we're saying this is divine intervention Mm -hmm. if divine intervention is literally just like throwing a few spirit soldiers into tiny little battles when they could just like just like end the war and like why are they so hostile to one side they're choosing a side we all know that war is complex, and I feel like there's innocent people on both sides. Why would divine divinity choose a side and then, like, kill anybody from either side? It's simple. Because gods are real, and they hate us. Okay, that's... I accept that. <laughs> yes, because they're, they're just trying to, exact like, keep spreading the contagion of war and death. And so they keep, you know, of course you're going to, you can't pick both sides because then you're essentially fighting yourself. So you just pick a side, let one win, but you keep the war going, you know, you haven't stopped the war. You're not there to stop the war. You're just there to kind of fan the flames. Okay. <laughs> All right. So yes, uh, not, not too many takers on that one. Well, boo hoo. Who likes numbers? Well, there's a fun new math equation that could add up to catastrophic doom. As it turns out, World War One, Two, and Russia's invasion of Ukraine all have an eerie thing in common, with some speculating whether it's a warning from the universe. Oh, boy. An equation has been making the rounds on social media showing how the dates for each conflict follow a pattern. The equation breaks down like this. World War One started on the 28th of July, <gasps> 1914. 28. Are you seriously calling in 28s? <laughs> 
my number. Well, <laughs> keep my listening. Number. <laughs> keep listening, please. No All interruptions. Right. When you add up the numbers of the date, it's 28 plus 7 plus 19 plus 14, which gets you 68, not 28, mm. Tiwi. But there's a 28, the, so There was one, yes. So, whatever. The Second World War, which became the deadliest conflict in human history, started on the 1st of September, 1939. And when you add those up, it's 1 plus 9 plus 19 plus 39 also gets you 68. And here we go, the last round. The start of Russia's attack on Ukraine, which kicked off on the 24th of February, 2022, that's 24 plus 2 plus 20 plus 22 equals 68. So, <laughs> World War Three. But also, I'm going to add to this, too, because I, I, that's, I think that's, you know, whatever. I don't know what that is. I don't know. It's, it's, it's. It could very well be the equation for war and mass de- mass death uh, that the universe is has built into the code of the simulation. But here's another eerie. I think this is so also kind of weird. Is that how this war was preceded by a massive pandemic, just like the World War One, nineteen uh, nineteen eighteen Spanish flu? Uh, maybe history does kind of work in these little beats uh, and these yeah. kind of like you know <laughs> one thing after another. Granted, I get it. I'm cherry picking my history here, but still, mm-hmm. it's uh, it's eerie. I'm gonna go with that. I think to make this eerie, you would need to break down how many just random days total sixty eight when you add them together like this. Because I have a feeling it's quite a few, quite a few days total sixty eight, which then would kind of blow this to smithereens because then we would be having like wars all the time for every date that total sixty eight, and then. As far as the other things, like the pandemic preceding the war, I feel like that's just more evidence that humans don't fucking learn anything, and we just repeat. I mean, we do repeat everything. Like, every 15 years, we, like, repeat fashion and trends, and, yeah, we just have no fucking memory. That was grim. (laughs) (laughs) I actually think, yeah, I I actually, I mean, yes, you're right. Uh, I'm sure there's many, many dates you could add up to 68. (laughs) Uh, But I feel like the point is, is that like the the message the universe is saying that like the question is, if there's a war in your time, take Mm -hmm. the date it starts. And if it doesn't add up to 68, you're fine. It's not World War Three. If it does, you're screwed. And that's okay. that's what that's what you know mm-hmm. that's what I'm thinking we're seeing here though is is that yeah lots of wars don't add up to 68 uh but if they do and like this one has then yeah you're where it's coded for annihilation I mean that seems like science to me <laughs> I'm going to find the most weakest wars in history and see if they total 68 <laughs> Uh we yeah we have all the time in the world <laughs> Well not right now I'll just I know <laughs> Let's change the topic. Let's get a good old fashioned <laughs> fucking mystery. A good old fashioned, like, in search of style mystery. Uh, and I got one for you. Amateur archaeologist George Gillet believes he's discovered signs of a lost civilization near the uninhabited Chandelure Islands, located 50 miles east of New Orleans. He's convinced that he has found the remains of a submerged city predating the ancient Inca, Maya, and Aztec civilizations of the Americas. I love it. Retired architect and amateur archaeologist George Gillet believes the site, now underwater, was once home to an ancient civilization. 
He dubbed the city Crescentus. What a shit name. What's down there is hundreds of buildings that are covered with sand and silt and that are geographically related to the Great Pyramid of Giza. Gillet claims to have found mysterious mounds of granite under Chandelier Sound. Granite is not native to Louisiana or Mississippi. Somebody floated a billion stones down the Mississippi River and then assembled them outside of what would later become New Orleans. Ah, a little bit of a mystery there. Secret city a underneath the water. billion stones. Come on. <laughs> he's, I'm sure he's, uh, you know, just a ballpark there. I like it. I mean, yeah. I, 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 and you're right. Chris Sentis, uh, he could have worked harder. Worst name ever. <laughs> like, I love this sort of stuff. I love, like, the lost cities and uh, lost civilizations. But the people who, like perpetuate these theories are the fucking worst like <laughs> they just they're all these new agey assholes and then people who name their cities crescentis sounds like a good dentist oh yeah what's his name crentest huh. sounds a lot like dentist Maybe that's why he became a dentist. Why is this? Uh, where are these islands uninhabited? Toxic uh, super Pro fun site. I don't know. <laughs> Good question. Probably because Crescentis. Um, they <laughs> they all just disappeared with the with the with the Mayas. Like right, like the, the like like the Roanoke Island, like the Roanoke colony. Yeah, Roanoke. It's only Roanoke, fifty miles. Yeah. That's not that far. Crescentis sounds like an eye condition for some reason. Like it does. Yes. Oh my god. <laughs> My daughter has crescentus. <laughs> it sounds like a prescription medication. <laughs> For the eye condition? Yeah. Yes, absolutely. There you go. There is some alleged uh, strange activity that happens in that area, and this is what they have to say. Jalay has spent nearly 50 years studying the site. He produced underwater sonar images of what he claims are remnants of major buildings, including a large pyramid. Which produces an electromagnetic energy that's incredible. And it is apparently 280 feet tall. St. Bernard Parish shrimper Ricky Robin says he's experienced the energy firsthand. Robin claims the compass on his boat spun completely around near the area where Jalay pinpointed the tip of the pyramid. And that's not all. But everything will go out on your boat, all your electronics, like if you was in the Bermuda Triangle. See, that's, that's exactly what we got here. Okay, before you say anything, that guy sounds like a weird Cajun Mori Povich. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, I, I didn't hear that myself, but yeah, okay, I'll take it, sure. <laughs> um, you two probably are not, or maybe Jax is, because he's a little more in tune with this. Tiwi, you're just a lost cause. But, uh... Yeah. Thanks. There used to be a, a a phenomenon or a kind of a I don't know how you call it like a a fad let's call it a fad trend trend fad um, of people in the new age community who were promoting something known as pyramid power and they would uh, you know they'd make little pyramid crystals and they'd actually yep. one guy went went ahead and like made a pyramid hat that said that you could the shape of the pyramid um, was in itself a kind of conductor of a weird spiritual or cosmic energy. Um, and I hear, I hear a little tinge of that here. Cause you, I mean, obviously you have a pyramid and then now it's like a weird energy vibration. There was, you know, electromagnetic field uh, that's just running rampant. 
Um, and he's also, t- you know, uh, you know, touching in on that Bermuda Triangle lore too. I, I, this thing's got all all the goodies. I don't know. I, I it's, it's really warm in my heart personally. Yeah, I love it. I mean, I, uh, I, hmm. the pyramid stuff, like I, oh my God, this is taking me way back. So I once was given a gift of a pyramid of a crystal pyramid that glowed in the, that glowed. Is that right? Is that the right <laughs> yeah, word? Yeah. Yeah. Glowed. Glowed. Yeah. Glow in the dark. Glue. <laughs> glue in the dark. The dark. <laughs> that glows in the dark. Uh, so I was gifted one by uh, some very strange people. Um, when I was working in the Colorado City, Hilldale, Utah area, covering Mormon polygamists, mm. and they were like completely convinced that the uh, crystal pyramids were contained significant power. Delightful people. Was this the cult that you went into in the in the weird house that one time by mm, yourself? No, that's a different one. That's also oh. a pyramid. Also polygamists and also a pyramid, but different people. Mm. Well, see, yeah. See, the pyramid. That's yeah. They love that pyramid. Oh, my God. That's a weird. Yeah. Yeah, we could talk about that for a long time because that's fun. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I love this stuff. It's so great. And it gets weirder. He adds uh, a little extra, you know, a little mustard on this one. Because, you know, you got to, if you're already, you're, you're, I mean, you brought in Bermuda Triangles, you brought in the Pyramid Power, you may as well just fucking, you know, just add a little yeah, flavor. Dive in, for, dude. Yeah, yeah, here we go. The older people, yeah, we've seen a lot of things, yeah, yeah. That's possibility. It could be God knows what. All I know is that somebody built a city 12,000 years ago, stuck out in Chandelure. Whether or not they had somebody on their shoulder who flew in with a UFO, I don't know. Mm. All I know is that they left a whole bunch of granite rocks out there. Why does he say all I know? He doesn't know any of that. He does know the rocks are there. He knows. He does but he know doesn't that, know that it was 12,000 years ago. I think he may have dated it. That oh, part, I don't, I'm not okay. too sure if that, that, that was included in the story, if he actually dated them. Uh, but yeah, you can you can take a rock out and figure out how old it is. Mm-hmm. He knows. He definitely knows. He definitely knows. 100% knows. Okay. So I feel like, yeah, he really definitely, like, he, he, if it's, he created the pyramid of mystery, is what he did. You know, it's ancient archaeology mixed in with pyramid power, mixed in now with the possibility of UFOs or, you know, ancient aliens or whatever you want. You know, he's, he's leaving that up to your imagination, but he's including it anyway. And uh, yeah, that's the pyramid of mystery right there for anyone that's trying and to construct something. Also, Maury Povich hosted a show with an intro of a pyramid. Just saying. Just saying. Oh, you're right. A current affair. Yeah, he did. Which we use for our pop sec, our pop question. We use that in in our show. <laughs> that's our pop question. It's or or, or it's an original sound. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I also love the Cajun guy. I feel like he comes in with the right tone about we old folks. We we've seen some things. I'm like, yeah, yeah. If with that kind of voice, <laughs> I definitely believe you have. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on. I oh, actually no. Oh, and just. For all the all the fucking MythBuster types out there that are like, eh, I don't like it because you suck and you have no imagination. Uh, this is kind of what uh, 
what those people would say when they hear this story. A former LSU archaeology professor commented on the findings in an article 10 years ago in the Advocate paper. He said that they, rather than something mystical, the site might be an attempt to create an artificial reef in the 1940s by dumping barge loads of building materials in the water. The professor declined to be interviewed for our story. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> Wet blanket, <laughs> fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> fucking bullshit reef no i don't think so uh all right this is a fun one here we go here we go superstitious social media users in japan are panicking after a huge volcanic boulder said to have imprisoned a powerful demon has cracked in half the infamous now broken landmark in the nasu prefecture of japan is called sesho seki which translates to Killing Stone. Oh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's inviting. It's a nice inviting sound. <laughs> killing Stone. <laughs> Huge tourist attractor right there. <laughs> Come see the Killing Stone. The boulder dating back a thousand years is aptly named from the belief anyone who comes in close contact with it dies, which mm. I, I want to see those reports. And again, why you should probably, it's, it's a hazard. Destroy the thing. Well, The boulder was discovered in pieces and its sacred seal torn on March 5th, likely from natural weathering and age or from some kind of cosmic disturbance that is, you know, proving the impending doom of mankind. Uh, Many locals are interpreting it as a bad omen, and they are convinced that a 1,000-year-old female demoness is now on the loose. How fucking fun is that? I mean, I hope that's the case. Like, I I mean, like... On my, like, card of things to happen over the last three years, uh, rock-dwelling demoness was not on it. So I hope that (laughs) this is the case, that this is true. I'm honestly just pleased as punch to know it exists at all. Uh, When I was reading, like, wait, there was a stone in Japan with an alleged demon inside it, and I only found out now? Yeah, I, I just, uh, it just definitely... Right, you uh, would have been to Japan like 35 times <laughs> just trying, by now. Trying to open that, open that rock. <laughs> yep. uh, yeah, so I was happy just to know that. And knowing now that it has cracked open in our time, it's waited a thousand years, and now our, our, our world has become so evil, so corrupted, that the sacred seals that kept the demon inside the rock have literally weathered away and the stone has cracked in half. Uh, what special times are we living in? This is, I mean, amazing. It's fantastic. It's yes. really great. I'm happy. I'm happy about it. Well, welcome. Welcome into our world, Demoness. There's a whole uh, there's a whole thing of lore about it, if anyone wants to find it. Just type it in, thousand-year-old demon on the loose, uh, and you'll learn about what kind of, it's like a fox spirit, some kind of weird, evil fox yeah. spirit. Uh, I, think I believe they're called Kitsune in Japan. So if you see a fox-like woman in your neck of the woods, just say- Do not approach. (laughs) Yes, go the other way. I would approach, but now that you warned me. (laughs) (laughs) Hey there, little guy, come over here. You want a treat? Uh, All right, and uh, we're going to wrap this up with another. This, I feel like, is- uh, it's an oldie but goodie in the sense of like this phenomenon. It, it crops up every now and then. It's not. It's not as 
as novel as Thousand Year Old Demons, but it's still it's still fun. It's just still still shows you what kind of benighted age we live in. On February 23rd in Broomfield, Colorado, hours before the world would hear that Russia had invaded Ukraine, a statue of St. Michael the Archangel, the patron saint of Kiev, began to emit a dark liquid, which appears to be blood. Hmm. While Alicia Martinez, 57, who owns the statue, was speaking to a friend on the phone, one of her roommates knocked on her bedroom door telling her to come quickly. I asked him, what was happening? But he was standing there shaking she said. That is when she witnessed her statue of St. Michael appearing to bleed from the right side of his head. She says, he's not crying, explained Martinez. He's bleeding from the forehead. The blood passes around his eyes. It doesn't enter his eyes. She added, it was dripping like when you cut yourself and the blood drips out. That's how it was. Okay. The Catholic Church is investigating it. Yes, uh, which I guess they do all the time. There was actually, uh, I want to say a few years ago, four years ago, a while ago, a Mary statue started bleeding from the eyes in Las Cruces a few years ago. And uh, they sent a delegation to Mm. check it out. I cannot remember what the actual conclusion was, if it was blood or not. I I think they want to say it was not blood. I'm going to call this one fake. And yeah. Why? Yeah, why? Because her roommate has blue hair, I rest my case. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah, that's solid. Uh, I was going to yep, say... You got it. <laughs> uh, the blood, the alleged blood, looks not... It doesn't look very convincing as blood. It looks like a kind of a weird jam. It looks like paint. It looks like paint. Yeah, I used to... So I was what we call a rebellious teen, I oh. think. Mm. Yeah. And for a while, I was trying to paint with blood from my finger, and it doesn't look like that. It does not look like that. <laughs> yeah, it turns brown, doesn't it? Yeah, Turn it turns brown. really gross brown, and it's not pretty anymore. So, But I think yeah. that that's if it dries and I, or coagulates and oxidizes. But in this case... What I'm, uh, I'm, so, I think they're alleging is that it's continuously like it's pouring out of the the, the figure, like a like an open head wound. It would still have brown. It just doesn't look like blood. It looks like some kind of like dark paint. I would agree. It doesn't look uh, doesn't look convincing. So and I'm also gonna... blood, not to be like gross, but blood has a smell, <laughs> and I feel like blood, even if it's flowing, if it's just sitting, all the older blood would start to like stank oh is blood stanky blood gets stanky yeah dude Jax, do you know that true is that true that is very true when it sits around it just doesn't yeah it starts to smell like uh like dead body stink it's not good it's like a gross smell not good also tangentially did we talk about the fact that i learned that wiccan people use their blood in their plants plants as in they feed their plants blood Yes. Like plants, a green like yeah. Plants that you water with water. Yes, yes. Why? I don't know, mm. but you know, I'm in a bunch of Wiccan groups now and they were talking about this practice. There's like green witches mm-hmm. and it's gross, but you know, they use their menstrual blood and they put it in their plants. All right. <laughs> <laughs> they do. <laughs> Jack's iron done. Rich. <laughs> iron <I'm> rich. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
would have I would have preferred to hear you like retching back there. Like, oh! <laughs> <laughs> oh, no more, no more. So we know that Jax is not a witch. I feel like Tiwi, you just discovered uh, a fun, uh, interesting way of detecting witches now. Like, you know, just to explain yeah. one of the rituals. If people start <laughs> retching, not a witch. <laughs> but also. Leaning back into the original point I had about blood being stinky, I was thinking their houses must stink. <laughs> oh, it's got to be miserable. <laughs> this is gross. <laughs> yeah, there you anyway. go. All right. Yeah. All right. I, all, the, all things I did not consider, I, I do, you know, there is a supernatural aspect to this, clearly. So maybe their supernatural angel blood doesn't stink, but, you oh, know. Okay. I will defer awesome. to your blood knowledge, and mm-hmm. I will, yes, I will say it's probably not the strongest case of uh, weeping apparition or uh, weeping statues. One more thing, though. I'm not saying I don't believe blue-haired people. Okay, just going to throw that out there. Important disclaimer. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Because 90% of our audience is blue-haired. I know. I know. <laughs> I don't want to alienate anyone. <laughs> Yeah, it was, it was a really disgusting moment for the show just a few minutes ago. So they, I was blue-haired once also, okay? Oh, and so you can talk shit about blue-haired people? Is that how it is? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I once dated someone with blue hair. Huh. Right. I mean, disgusting. I was someone with blue hair. I never dated anyone with blue hair. Oh, like you can just turn it off? Uh, right. I mean, Okay. <laughs> if your first concern after hearing that the world was on the verge of nuclear annihilation was to check your stock portfolio, then coming up, we have some great news to end on after the break. Now for your weekly KTLU Community Bulletin. Residents across the valley have reported another sighting of the so-called Balloon Man this week. Sightings were reported throughout the night starting around 6.45 p.m. People reported seeing what appeared to be a man holding a single large yellow balloon with one outstretched arm. The mysterious object wandered through the sky for several hours before disappearing. This comes a month after similar sightings were reported all across the valley. The Sheriff's Office is asking anyone with any information to contact them. Health and wildlife officials will be lifting the two-week-long lockdown of the seven-mile area surrounding the exploded remains of griffs, reptiles, and exotic pets. Wildlife officials say that the native insect population has now fully cleared out all remaining poisonous snakes and reptiles which escaped into the neighboring desert after the store exploded on August 12th. The cause of the explosion is still under investigation. Local HBO celebrities from news station KPVM are having a viewing party to celebrate 200 days since the successful launch of their new series. Cast and crew will be holding a barbecue and karaoke party, followed by a Q&A panel. Anyone planning to attend is reminded not to stay out after the recently established 7pm curfew. The curfew is part of NHP's Operation Torchlight, which was set up to help combat renewed activity by the Frankenstein's Orphans Speed Gang. And that's been this week's Community Bolton, brought to you by this station and Von Deniken Funeral Homes. Live life to the fullest. We'll take care of the rest in peace. Only on KTLU Perump. All right. Uh, so this story is further proof of the adage, it's easier to imagine the end of the world than it is to imagine the end of capitalism. 
a financial research company has raised eyebrows by saying there is a 10% chance of civilization being destroyed in a nuclear apocalypse while urging clients to keep buying shares regardless. <laughs> so Chet Jax, that's your that's your that's your percentage chance right there. <laughs> how how close we we are to getting annihilated. It's 10%. So quite 10%. Yeah. Pretty pretty good. That's pretty those are pretty shitty odds. Uh yeah. I guess it's 90% we're not, you know. Whatever. But like it uh- if if you were if you had a gun with like ten spots in it in a cylinder like a Russian roulette gun, would you right. spin it and put it to your head and pull the trigger? <laughs> of course not. Right. <laughs> so yeah. So there you go. So further, BCA Research, a Canadian business, told clients to stay course, bullish Canadians. on stocks. I know, fucking bloodless Canadians. Yeah, they just do not give a shit. <laughs> they do not give a shit. They're polite as fuck. But they don't give a shit. No. Human life is just a notion to them. Exactly. So they told clients to stay bullish on stocks and largely ignore existential risk as their investments will become irrelevant if the Ukraine crisis leads to a nuclear annihilation. Chief global strategist Peter Berezin of BCA Research said, Although there's a huge margin of error around any estimate, Subjectively, we would assign an uncomfortably high 10% of a civilization-ending global nuclear war over the next 12 years. But, the company adds, with a cold calculation, saying that despite the increased risk of nuclear war, it makes sense to stay constructive on stocks. Over the next year, betting that civilization will, uh, it won't end, you know? So if an I, they say, if an ICBM is heading your way, the size and composition of your portfolio becomes irrelevant. Thus, from a purely financial perspective, uh, you should largely ignore existential risk, even if you do care about it greatly from a personal perspective. So, yeah, uh, I mean, I feel like that is that that. Peter Berzin is a robot. <laughs> he's a some, he's an algorithm because uh, that's just like cold reptilian logic right there. No, what it is is like we don't want uh, run on the banks. So like, just you know, pretend like everything's amazing. Yeah, don't take all your stocks out. Like we need to keep making the money off of the money that you have with us. So like everything's great or they've already funneled they've already sold their stocks to to uh you know prepare for their bunker life um because right. I, I do recall during the pandemic several rich people got really big into the the buying of bunkers you know that that whole real estate market like boomed during the pandemic and i imagine uh it's only picking up now and you got to keep the rubes in the you got to keep them in the system so that you can still you can afford to fund the construction of your island hideaway did you see that listing for a like really gigantic nuclear fallout shelter that was online there's been so many though that's the thing (laughs) i've seen so many listings it was like on the there's like a crazy zillow page where they just post like the weirdest real estate it was on that one and it was like this gigantic one underground sounds amazing well, I know that there was a, I don't know if they actually built one, but I know that either pre-pandemic or during that pandemic, there was a real estate group trying to fund a VIP survival bunker that was kind of like, 
in the vein of every kind of sci-fi survival bunker, kind of like, you know, like Fallout, where you just have these huge dormitories underground that are, you know, they create their own air and they can you can live in there for fucking generations. Um, I think realistically, though, <laughs> it's very difficult to create a closed system where people are living and taking and shitting inside of it. And, you know, it's having to create a closed system where it works. I mean, that's what essentially Biodome or was it, was it Biodome one or. Yeah. Yeah. Biodome uh, one and two. That their whole their whole premise was like create an enclosed system and just make sure you see if you can survive. And they failed miserably. So that's, I think the bunker, but they failed because Polly Shore was there. Right. That's true. That was a huge mistake um, on their part. And now it's time for some parting words from Art Bell. Uh, it does seem as though there's an awfully big rash of totally irrational barbarism and debauchery and all the rest of it at the moment. I, I really think that. Um, from my cat seat, sitting here dealing with the news day in and day out, over now greater than a decade, I'm here to tell you I believe that it is worsening. I'm here to tell you that it is my observation, truly, folks, that it is not getting better, that it is, in fact, getting worse. With that... Far Off Topic is produced by myself, Jax, and Tiwi, and edited in the stillness of the encroaching night by your host. You can contact us on Facebook at Far Off Topic Show and Far Off Topic and all the other socials. We may or may not be monitoring those things. <laughs> Does anybody ever not. contact us? Uh, well, actually... I had straight, one, one time, yeah, remember? Yeah, Twitter, a Twitter person. Um, it actually... I don't know how, this is, how I set this up, but it is now auto-posting to our Far Off Topic page. And uh-huh. it has gotten engagement. Oh, <laughs> so, wow. hi, everybody. <laughs> hi, everybody that's, uh, they, that watches on the, the Facebook. Um, yeah, it's, I guess that's, you know, page. how the internet works. I don't know. Uh, you hmm. can reach me via Twitter at Fiasco Jones and Tiwi at Tiwi Said Stuff. Jax at Captain Jax 458. Clips from the new episodes will be posted. Oh, sorry. Again, I keep. I should need to. I need to edit this. <laughs> We're not. I'm not putting it to our YouTube no more. <laughs> Clips or the whole show does show up on YouTube again automatically. Um, if you'd like to support the show, feel free to comment and rate. Most of all, thank you for listening. And until you hear from us again, so what would it be? So what would it be? So what would it be?